Welcome to The Cove's audio articles, where you can listen to some of The Cove's best articles rather than reading them. This article is entitled Responsibility, Accountability and Culpability. Three Cognitive Pillars to Guide Command Comprehension and Decision Making by Colonel Michael Scott. The purpose of this article is to share some command, leadership and management wisdom Colonel Scott received as a junior officer, which has continued to benefit and guide his thoughts and actions, and the advice he provides to junior leaders to this day. But first, to pay due deference to a former Deputy Chief of Army, Major General Paul Simon, who Colonel Scott served under as a Major, and learned an enormous amount from. Much of what follows are thoughts and ideas first sown in Colonel Scott's mind by Major General Simon, which he has appropriated, expanded upon, and used in various professional development contexts ever since. Responsibility, Accountability and Culpability Responsibility and Accountability These two concepts are common use terms. Responsibility, put simply, is the art or act of being responsible, answerable or accountable for something within one's purview, authority and or control. Accountability, similarly, is defined as the state of being accountable, liable and or answerable. When applied to the profession of arms, we all know that a soldier, sailor or airman is responsible and accountable for their individual actions, conduct and performance at all times. Their individual actions, conduct and performance is their purview and within their control. Whether or not they're on duty or leave, sober or under the influence out of hours. For the commissioned or non-commissioned officer, concepts of responsibility and accountability expand from that of individual action or actions, conduct and performance, to the collective actions, conduct, performance and or outputs of the organisation the officer leads or supervises. A section commander is responsible and accountable for their section and everything that happens within it, or is performed by it. A troop leader is responsible and accountable for their troops. This principle extends through the squadron and regimental levels all the way to the highest levels of command. A commander's responsibility and accountability to and for their entity is enduring, whether in garrison, on a domestic training activity, or deployed on operations in defence of the nation and its interests. Culpability The third cognitive pillar is less understood, but of critical importance in extremis, or when things go wrong. Indeed, an improved understanding of culpability, in Colonel Scott's judgement, reduces the probability of something going wrong in the first place by guiding the leader on how they ought to exercise their command to establish culture and climate prior to a negative event, action or outcome occurring in the first place. Culpability refers to who was at fault and or who is to blame, that is, fault, blame or guilt which is deserved. When something goes wrong, the relevant individual or individuals, commander or commanders are responsible and accountable, that is a given. But prior to making a determination on consequence, that is, sanction, removal, prosecution, incarceration, other or exoneration, or none of the former, some analysis is required. Three tests for culpability will be discussed hereunder. Test for culpability number one. Were you there or personally involved when something went wrong? Every military professional knows that when something goes wrong, the first questions that get asked 
are always directed to the most senior member who was present at the time. To cite a garrison example to better explain this first test of culpability, the author, Colonel Scott, will present a hypothetical scenario. Let's say a troop function bonding session at the troop sergeant's residence one Saturday afternoon extends into the wee hours of next morning at a local night spot. Something happens or goes wrong, and a member or members of the troop are in trouble with the law, or perhaps appearing on the front page of the local newspaper the next day with compromising imagery captured on someone's smartphone and a headline damaging to the Australian Defence Force. The troop commander and troop sergeant can expect to be on the adjutant's and regimental sergeant major's mat soon after. If one or both of these appointment holders were involved and leading the charge, as opposed to exercising influence, supervision and or restraint, or directing a responsible corporal to do just that in their absence, the sergeant and lieutenant would likely be found culpable and may face additional consequences together with those individuals involved. Test for culpability number two. What did you do when you learned about what went wrong? Every military professional knows that bad news does not get better with time. Commanders at every level establish priority information requirements for good reason. Put simply, priority information requirements specify what information must be reported to whom and with what level of urgency. It is conceivable that in today's information age, a priority information requirement established by a section commander will result in a reportable incident being passed to them through the chain of command all the way up to the commanding officer, the brigade commander, or perhaps higher. In the event that an individual or subordinate commander sought to conceal, deny, or deceive a superior in the aftermath of something going wrong, they would likely be found to be culpable. In Colonel Scott's experience, individuals who seek to conceal, deny or deceive a superior will face consequences far in excess of what may have followed if they had simply updated the chain of command honestly and forthrightly in the first instance. In the profession of arms, trust between commanders is essential. Trust is built with a teaspoon and diminished with a shovel. Test for culpability number three. Should the commander have reasonably been expected to foresee what went wrong? Were there cultural factors and or factors to do with the established command climate which contributed to what went wrong? While the first two tests for culpability are straightforward, the third is more subjective and requires an assessment of context and other relevant factors prior to making a determination as to culpability. By way of example, if members of a regiment were permitted to undertake squadron-level adventure training interstate, let's say a whitewater rafting activity which was strenuous, demanding and safe, but culminated in a piss-up the night before a long interstate drive back to the home garrison at first light the following day, in the event of a vehicle accident on the way home, where driver fatigue was determined to be a contributing factor, the officer conducting the exercise and officer approving the exercise would likely both be found to be culpable and deficient in their command, planning, risk identification and management, and supervision. Conversely, 
If an end of exercise culminating function the night before the same adventure training activity with the same long interstate drive the next day included control measures such as finishing at 20 hundred hours where appointed drivers and co-drivers were placed on the dry, where short halts were directed in the convoy orders to break up the journey into bite-sized chunks, the officer conducting the exercise and officer approving the exercise may be found to have discharged their duties as well as could reasonably have been expected of them. While they remain responsible and accountable for all that may have gone wrong, perhaps including the death of their soldiers on one of our nation's roads, they may not be judged to have been culpable. Is there a fourth test for culpability? While serving as commanding officer, chief instructor of the Warrant Officer and Non-Commissioned Officer Academy several years ago, Colonel Scott used these tests for culpability in professional development sessions with instructors and course members on Academy-delivered Subject 1 for Corporal, Sergeant and Warrant Officer Class 2 courses, together with the Regimental Sergeant Majors course. Colonel Scott challenged those in the audience to consider whether there was a fourth test for culpability. He does not believe that it was simply audience disinterest in his role that led them to conclude that there was not a fourth test for culpability. All those years ago, Major General Simon presented these three simple tests for culpability, which for Colonel Scott have stood the test of time. Colonel Scott, for one, has found the three cognitive pillars of responsibility, accountability and culpability and the three tests for culpability to be incredibly useful in guiding his command comprehension and decision-making. Thanks for listening to this audio article by The Cove. And remember, a smarter you is a smarter army.